0: word communion there's the first part of it there's some common words that we use every day to bring us together it has that ability to to un- to unite us and as i was thinking about this this morning there's a lot of things in our lives that that bring us, that in this building, that bring us together, that unite us in a special way. From the kids, there's plenty of stories there. To all the middle ones, all the ages in here. Because each one of us make an impact on one another. Can you imagine if we didn't have a savior? And as we take communion today, I just wrote a few notes down so I would not forget. But communion is about relationship. And it brings a relationship to a Savior that said, I will always be here with you. I will always be here for you. No matter what you're going through, we will have a clean body one day. A renewed body one day. Because of what we choose to believe today. And so, as the ushers would come forward, I would like for us to, and you all may be seated, please. And as the ushers present the communion, we would, we would like to minister to you in a song that we feel that can help elevate just a tad about what the communion is about. Almighty God. The word says, Therefore, whosoever shall drink, eat or drink of this cup unworthily shall be guilty of the body of the blood of the Lord. And I'd like to just take a moment that if you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior or be rededicated today. We're going to pray for you. That is the ultimate gift and decision that you will ever make in your life. Father, we come to you today. Lord, I ask that you forgive us. We acknowledge you as you were born and you died to save us, and we acknowledge you as our Lord and Savior today. And Lord, we just thank you for the decision that we make together, which is the ultimate decision, the only and best decision we'll make that changes the course of our lives. We thank you, in Jesus' name. For I received of the Lord, which is also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. And I ask you to do this and remember it to me. the same manner also he took the cup and he said this cup is the new testament in my blood i ask you to do this and drink in remembrance of me
1: take a few moments to pray. Um, I know there's some specific areas. I'm aware of some specific areas at the moment, but I'm also going to open this up to anyone else. And today we're going to just take a step of faith in a couple of areas. The Word of God says this. It says to call for the elders of the church and let them anoint with oil. This is in the book of James. Um, and it talks about how when the, the elders anoint that person with oil, this is a representation the power of the Holy Spirit Uh, I say this all the time it does not contain magical powers within it it's an it's a symbol of our faith and the Bible calls this a symbol of the Holy Spirit and and it really is one of those moments to activate our faith we're believing God in some specific areas I sent out an email uh, this week of of a few folks in our church who are really needing um, a miracle A touch from the Lord. And uh, if you did not get that, you'll hear about it this morning. Uh, But a couple of those things, I'm going to go ahead and ask Miss B if she'll come on up. Um, And then Danny, uh, you can come on up. And Miss Dora, if you'll come on up, I'll explain what these are. And Sunny is going to come up as well. We're going to pray for your wife today uh, as well. Uh, And I'm going to open it up here in just a moment. But um, Miss B just got word this week um, of, of pancreatic cancer. But we know that the name of Jesus is more powerful than the name of cancer. Amen. I'm going to ask the elders, will you come on up and staff, I'm going to ask that you guys come on up too and surround them. Um, So we're believing for a, a miracle. We know this is bleak. The doctors say this don't look good. The name of Jesus is stronger. Amen. It is more powerful. Uh, Sonny's wife has been in and out of the hospital and uh, in nursing homes so we're gonna pray for her today uh, Jack's brother Jack is at work today but Jack's brother has been diagnosed with pancreatitis which is not cancer but it's still very dangerous um, and then Danny's sister was diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer which has spread to her liver and so here's what we know we're to pray and believe for the miraculous We don't give up when we have bad news. We don't give in when we get bad news. We don't deny the fact that these are serious and some of them could be terminal. We don't deny that. We just recognize that the name of Jesus is stronger. And we just took a little piece of of wafer that represented the stripes that Jesus took on his back for our healing and we're going to pray the prayer of faith over these. If you have a need in a situation, I want you to come up here too. I need God to intervene today in my life. Coy as well. Clint, will you come on up here? Um, Coy broke his growth plate in his ankle uh, this week. Broken bone's bad enough. Broke, uh, a growth plate can be you know, pretty dangerous too. But we're going to pray for Coy as well. Um, so that little guy, he's getting around on those crutches though. <laughs> he is. So, um... And again, if you have anything, come on up here. We want to pray for you, too. Um, I know we just sat down, but can you stand just as a a symbol of strength um, and standing with these individuals? Stretch your hands this way. And I want us to pray the prayer of faith over these people. And I'm going to anoint you with oil in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we're going to believe what the Word of God says. Amen, church. Can you agree with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name, the name that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of Christ to God the Father. We pray over this family in Jesus' name, these families in Jesus' name, Lord. And God, we ask that you intervene in a miraculous and mighty way that cannot be explained by medical, science, anything can't explain it. The only thing that we can say that it was a miraculous touch from God. And today we are taking a stand on this day in May. We are taking a stand, Lord. And we are asking for your kingdom come, for your will to be done, On earth as it is in heaven. I thank you for the stripes that Jesus took upon his back for our healing. Jesus, we're so grateful that you did that for us. And we pray, be healed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The powerful name of Jesus. And, Lord, we worship you in the middle of our struggles. God, we worship you in the mighty, strong name of Jesus. Church, can we just thank God for the work that he has already done? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. are with you. We're standing with you. Church family, here's what we got to do this week. We have uh, contact information in um, the little directories that we pass out. If you don't have one, they're in the back, I think on the, this side. Um, send an encouraging email, an encouraging text, um, phone call. You, you see the folks who are up here. We need to get all your information, but you see the folks who are up here. Encourage them over the coming weeks. Speak life. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Let's give them a hand and just let them know we're encouraging them. Sure, sure. Uh, Dora just had a good point. We're going to pray for those who are taking care of these folks as well. I mean, that's a, that's a weight within itself, absolutely. Father, we do pray for those who are carrying the burden, who are carrying the weight of caring for Their loved ones, Lord, they need strength. They need your peace, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you provide that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. right. You can be seated this morning. Thanks, Jim. God is good. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. God is good. Go ahead and turn to Genesis 22, if you will. We're going to continue in our series. Um, I just have such an expectation today. I just have such an expectation of the wonder and the miraculous power of God. I'm glad that I cannot explain God. And his ways. Miss Debbie.
2: Yeah.
1: Come on. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Can you come up here so folks can see uh and That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Just take a few moments, if you would, and let's pray. I mean, not pray, but hear your testimony, then we're going to pray.
2: So I went to my doctor and this is exactly what I told her. God wanted me to ask you, could we set up a colonoscopy? She said, sure. So she jumped on it and she set it up. So back in November, I went. I asked Jessica, I said, Jessica, you know, um, usually because you're out after they do the colonoscopy, and like moms, she never would really know what the doctor said. And so you know, as soon as you come out, they show you the picture and they talk with you. So I said, Jessica, I said, not going to remember what they say. I'm not scared, you know, there's not been no symptoms, there's not been no signs, I don't feel like nothing's wrong, but if there is something there, are you going to be okay? She said, yes, mom.
1: Man, you know she had shared me with shared that story with me at the end of last year, actually, and we'd worked out something earlier in the year, but things just kept coming up. Uh, this was the God-appointed time for that. This was the God-appointed time for that. So, Amen. God is good. He is good. It goes right along with today, of course. <laughs> We're talking about a, a new series that we started last week called "Hungry for God," and um, started all this off talking about you know how it is when you're hungry, uh, you want something to eat. You don't want just a little snack; you want something to eat. And, uh, and I always you know hesitate, especially with it being eleven fifteen ish. You know where it's getting close to lunchtime. Stomachs are rumbling. But translate that into your spiritual life. We get hungry spiritually, and there's things that we naturally will seek that aren't God to satisfy that hunger. Just, you know, whatever it is. Um, But when we truly hunger for God, Jesus says, Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. And it's just not like one of those empty meals that you eat, you know, that you're hungry two hours later. Um, You guys, if you follow us on Facebook, you know, Stasha's doing this whole um, uh, no grain, no sugar, for real diet. And she's got me doing it a little bit. I've lost a little bit of weight. She's lost like 20 pounds. I'm so proud of her. But I'm telling you. One of the things in this particular meal is you eat protein so that you don't get hungry. But you know how it is. If you don't have protein or something like that and you eat something that's just non-protein, you'll be hungry in no time. You know, just that empty feeling that's uh, there in your stomach. And we can do that in our spiritual life too. The meat of God's Word, we're lacking that and we remain hungry. But He says you will Be filled. Last week we talked about the prerequisite of that spiritual hunger. And that is we have to empty ourselves of all the devices that we have to satisfy ourselves that's not of God. And it may be even a good thing. Maybe it's not even a bad thing. But we're seeking to fill ourselves with all these things that's not God. And the prerequisite is we've got to empty ourselves so that we can be filled. If you have a glass of water that's filled with ice... You're not going to have a lot of water in there. So if you're out cutting the grass or whatever and you want to take that water, you're like, man, I need more. But if you just get cold water in there, then you get what you need. And that ice is the stuff that takes up space. We need to be filled with more of God. Today we want to talk about the price of spiritual passion. This is going along with our core values, uh, talking about godly character and having authentic faith. You know, what, we're, what we talked about last week with the widow who had only oil in her cupboards, she had nothing. There's times in our lives where we maybe even literally have nothing. I remember growing up in a single parent home and I had nothing. There were times where there wasn't a whole lot in the coverage. Now, mom, you know God always came through, and uh, it wasn't always the food that we wanted. Um, but mom could do some amazing things with hardly anything, and um, but God always provided. So I can't imagine this widow only having oil in her home. But God blessed this week. We're, we're going to be in Genesis 22, and we're going to look at the price that is necessary to pay to be filled with more of God. So you ready for this? Here's the first point before we actually get to our scripture. God will test our hunger for him by what we are willing to sacrifice. What are you willing to sacrifice to be filled with more of God? You know it's usually something that's pretty important to you that God is asking you to to give up. Maybe it's a hobby now, yes, we need to have hobbies. We need to have you know, things that uh, we're able to do, and we need to have these things and that, those things. But usually it's something that's very dear to us. God will test our hunger for Him by what we are willing to sacrifice. It's one thing to say that you're hungry for God, but another to be willing to sacrifice for Him because you validate your hunger through tests. Let me say that differently. You validate, you validate your hunger for God. Through tests. God is bringing me through this particular test. Now, I, wanna, I do want to say this since we've been praying this morning for folks who are facing some pretty serious medical issues. God brings us through test, but God does not put sickness upon us. I want to make that very clear. Um, I, and I hear this a lot that, well, maybe I didn't do something right in life. And so God, to teach me a lesson, has put this upon me. No, you can take that idea right out of your mind because God does not put physical infirmity. He is the healer. Jesus is the healer. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God has come to give life. But you validate your hunger through test. Maybe you or your children have claimed to be hungry only to not like what has been prepared for you. And then they think, ooh, I don't want that. The question is, were they really hungry? I was talking with somebody, I'm not going to say their name, but uh, last week, I think it was, I was talking to someone and they said that uh, their parents would put these nasty vegetables on their plate and they would sit there until bedtime and not eat what was on their plate because they knew that they could eat in the morning, right? (laughs) I think that's hilarious. I've I've probably done that myself before, but um, you know when you're when you're really hungry, you're going to eat whatever's set before you. If you're not really hungry, I can do without it. You know, my kids have uh, done that before. I don't like that. If they didn't eat it, well then they weren't hungry. Genesis twenty-two. Let me flip over there myself. We're going to start in verse one, and this is the story of Abraham and Isaac. We've heard this story. If you grew up in Sunday school, I'm sure you've heard this story. Uh, but verse one in Genesis 22 says this, "Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called." Yes," he replied. Here, here I am." This time frame came about right after Abraham was experiencing an abundant blessing in his life. Abraham was a very wealthy, blessed man. We can't make any uh, distinctions about he was very blessed in his life. And so this test is coming right in the middle of all this. You know, God is so good. He has provided this. He has provided that. My wife and I are doing good. Uh, Finances are doing well. All these things. But he was experiencing an abundant blessing. So God prepared a test. Verse 2 says, Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him. This is sounding kind of creepy. As a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will show you. You ever notice how God's test usually will include something or someone that we love? It's easy to be tested in areas that we don't care much about. God's asking you to sacrifice something insignificant. Oh, yeah, I can do that, God. But usually (laughs) we experience this in our finances. We don't want to give what is dear to our heart. You know, we've worked hard for our money. I don't want to just give it away. Why would God require Abraham to sacrifice a person, first of all, but something that he cared so much about? He cared a lot about it. It was his son. Only when you are tested in an area of affection do you know who you really love. Let me say that again. Only when you are tested in an area of affection do you know who you really love. Am I willing to give up this habit? Am I willing to give up this need even For God, do I believe that he will provide what he said he would provide? We're talking about the price of spiritual passion today. Do you love God? Do I love God more than I love his gift? And he's been good to us, church. He has been so good to us. But do I love him more than I love his gift see James goes on to talk about this as justification by works now we are saved we are saved because of Jesus Christ and the work that he did on the cross but there are works that we do as well because we love God God intervenes in history after you've been validated by a test think about some tests that you've gone through and you're like man I passed that thing yes this past week um Allison, my wife, and Stasha, we were in uh, Concord Friday and all day, Saturday and Friday. Um, We were there doing this uh, thing- that Foursquare's put out so that we can cross FEMA lines if there's ever an emergency like a flood or a tornado or something like that so that we can be ministers who go in uh, to those areas. Well, we have to take a test about what we learned to see if we've passed. If we don't pass that test, we can't go past FEMA lines. Maybe we could copy each other's paper, Allison. I don't know. We'll, that probably wouldn't be right either, would it? But God intervenes in history after you've been validated by a test. Look at this. This um, here says in Luke 14, 26, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters. Yes, your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. That is a hard teaching. You mean I've got to hate my mom? She's here every week supporting me. She raised me and my brother by herself. i got to hate her? No, it says by comparison. Am I willing to follow the plan that God has for my life? Even if it means I have to move across the country. Lord, please don't let me have to ever move across the country. But... Am I willing to say, Mom, I love you, but God's calling us; we gotta go. And some of you are facing this, man. I, I've all of a sudden started thinking about this. You know, there's going to be a time where my kids could move across the country. Some of you have faced that. I held it together there. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) But for them to follow the plan of God for their life, am I willing to say? Go do what God has on your heart. We got to get off that. I feel for you who have uh, had to release your children to leave the state. Wow. Um, <clears throat> the Bible says this in Matthew six thirty three: Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness; all these things will be added to you. You know, as we're seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness, He's going to satisfy us. But what price are we willing to pay for the presence of God in our life? When you're hit with this kind of test, in other words, called upon to offer back to God something that is precious to you, it involves your affections. That's why I almost got emotional there talking about where God was going to send our kids. Here's the good news. Whenever God... God has spoken some powerful things to me and Stasha about our kids. That's why I get so emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Are you willing to... Release the things that are most precious to you for the purposes of God. What if God calls my kid to a dangerous zone to spread the gospel? Are we willing to let that go? For the sake of the gospel. Because whenever God seeks to justify you by works, it is because he is ready to take you to the next level in your relationship with him. He's saying, Wayne, I'm calling you out to a new level. You need to sacrifice. Beth, you've lived an amazing life for the Lord, but I'm calling you even deeper. Are you willing to sacrifice? It's always precious. Think about collateral for, um, <clears throat> excuse me, for a loan for a moment. The bank wants to know this. How bad do you want this money? Are you willing to put up your house for this loan? Are you willing to put up your car for this loan? It's, it's like a collateral type of thing. God wants to take you to the next level, and he's saying, are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to put up those things that are most precious to go to the next level in your relationship with him. Point two, in testing our hunger, he is trying our faith. Why did God, or what did God just tell Abraham about his son Isaac? He said, your son Isaac, through him, the nation, your kingdom's going to expand. You won't even be able to count. It will be like sand on the seashore. That will be your descendants. And now God is saying... Go sacrifice your son. Now, let me, let me back up for a moment here, too. Because in our Western culture, when we think about human sacrifice, you go to jail for that. In this particular culture, because of the gods that the people had served, it wasn't such a foreign concept. People were doing it all the time to foreign gods. Okay. Now, yes, it was precious, and you didn't want to have to give up your son. But I, I do want to explain that just within this culture, um, it wasn't so far-fetched. If, that, if you can, you know, wrap your mind. But uh, Abraham understood what God had said. Through your son Isaac, the nations of the earth will be blessed. Go sacrifice your son. Okay, God, I know what you've told me and this doesn't make sense, but I'm going to believe you even though my son Isaac is precious to me. It's not a contradiction. Abraham had faith. Your test may not make sense. You ever been through one of those? God, I don't even get this. I love you. I serve you. I tithe. I'm at church anytime the doors are open. I'm involved in this ministry. I do this with my neighbors. This this doesn't even make sense. And it doesn't make sense because it's a test. Jesus is saying, do you love me more than anything? You often can't even figure out you're in a test. You may have faced those times. You're, God, what is even going on here? Have you been there? What is even going on here? This doesn't make sense, Lord. God may not even explain it. He's trying and testing your faith. See, Abraham didn't have all the information, but look at this in verse 3. The next morning, Abraham got up early. I don't want to wake up today because I know what God has asked me to do. He saddled his donkey and he took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. He prepared. He got up early. He said, let's get going. This is what God has said to do. Verse 4, on the third day of their journey. Three days he's thinking about this. (laughs) I've got to sacrifice my son. But God promised me this. But anyway, the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there and then we will come right back. Did you catch that? We will worship and we will come right back. That's faith. In testing our hunger, he's trying our faith. Verse 7, Isaac turned to Abraham, Dad, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. Abraham didn't even tell his son what was going on. He knew the word of the Lord and he was hiding it in his heart. He was was holding on to that. Because Abraham didn't know what was going to happen himself. He just knew what God had said. He spoke in faith, God will provide. Isaiah 11.3 says this. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness. He shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. This is talking about Jesus. Who is our example? Jesus. He shall not judge by sight. He shall not decide by the hearing, but with righteousness. The response of our faith in God goes beyond what we see, What we think, what we hear, etc. We've heard the reports of the doctors. We may have even seen something on a scan. But we're going to believe God. Anybody else here? What in the world, especially the dads? I know you moms are here, you know, and you're thinking. But dads, what was Abraham thinking through all of this? I'm going to be blessed through this son that you've given me, but you want me to sacrifice him? Hebrews gives us a little insight. Turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. This will not be on the screen. um, But I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 through 19. And this is going to give us insight into the thought pattern of Abraham and what our thought pattern should be, Philip. What should my thought pattern be when God is requiring Something of me, that, that something that's very precious. The price of spiritual passion. If I want more of God, what does my thought pattern have to be when God is requiring something of me? Hebrews eleven seventeen 17-19 says this, It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promise, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Church, he was ready to do it. didn't say he was happy about it. He was just ready to do it. Even though God had told him, Isaac, the son uh, through whom your descendants will be counted. And here's what Abraham was thinking in verse 19. Abraham reasoned that as if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. That was his faith. You're requiring me to sacrifice my son? I don't get that. But God, I have faith in you, and I have trust in you, and I want more of you in my life. And this just is weird. This is crazy. This is sick. But I'm going to do it. Because I believe that you promised me something And you'll raise him from the dead. That's faith. This is a hard story. (laughs) This is a hard story. Abraham believed or had faith in the power of God. God never gives a test where there is not an answer. You may not have the answer in advance. You must believe he is able and you must leave it with him. Because he's got an answer for the test that you're going through. Number three, God will address our hunger for him in the context of sacrificial worship. We walked in here today, and some of you may have been ready. Just worship singing is one way we worship God. That is not worship. It's one way that we worship God is is through our singing collectively together. You may not have felt like singing today, but you gave a sacrifice of worship when you came in here. Just walking through the doors may have been your sacrifice today. There's going to be times that you walk in this church that you don't want to. There's going to be times that you will wake up and you don't want to. You'd rather, well, not wake up, but get out of bed. But you get out of bed because you recognize it as your sacrifice of worship to God. You're not always going to feel it, church. Anybody like that? Just this morning? I'm just not feeling it today. But God, I want to be with my brothers and sisters and I want to worship you. Even in the midst of what we're going through, God will address our hunger for him in the context of sacrificial worship. Verse 9, when they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. What is God requiring you to put on the altar today? You don't worship just because you show up. Sometimes it's you bring in a sacrifice with you. Lord, I'm walking into this place today, and it's a sacrifice for me to be here. But in faith, you are responding to God, even when you're not feeling it. Worship even though you don't understand. Verse 10, and Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. I I can just picture it. Okay, God. I'm... Here we go. And he's looking around. I can just picture it. But God hadn't come through. This was all in the context of worship. What did Abraham and Isaac go up to the mountain to do? To worship. To bring a sacrifice. The sacrifice was the son. Something that was precious. A price that you can't put money on. Abraham teaches us to worship God. This was an act... This blows my mind. This was an act of worship. God was requiring it, so Abraham was giving it. Sometimes it's we worship in pain, and it's okay. I just want to free you right now. You may be worshiping in pain. It's okay. Worship. When David lost his uh, son, his baby and he worshiped God when he lost his baby. Oh, can't imagine that. Genesis uh, verse 11 here Just, actually this is Genesis 9:11 It says uh, at the mo- uh, let me back up should be Genesis 2:11 at that moment the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven Abraham, Abraham so here it is picture this with me knife in the air your son is very dear to you laying on the altar you're getting ready for the I don't quite understand this this is weird this is sick and God calls to him and I can just see the brakes coming on yes Abraham replied here I am don't lay a hand on the boy the angel said don't hurt him in any way For now I know you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Abraham was willing to pay the price for the presence of God of something that was the most dear to him. He didn't have this boy until he was 100 years old. Couldn't have kids. Can you, I mean, just wrap your mind around that today and look at the sack. I mean, I, you know, we had our kids at, I guess it was a normal age, you know, just, wow. Why does God send us through experiences and tests even if he knows the outcome already? He's omniscient. He knows everything. Here's, the, here's what I want you to get a hold of today. The test reveal to us where we stand. God, I was willing to give it all up. I didn't think I could do it. But I believed in you, and I worshiped you, and you came through. God is an on-time God, and he will come through. God is not a God who requires human sacrifices. They were just learning who he was at this point in history. He was not like the other gods who required human sacrifices. But for them in this culture, okay, well, this is what a God is requiring. This is what this God is requiring, who is God. So I guess we do what he says to do. That's not who God is. But it proved to Abraham how much trust and faith he had in God. Even if my son dies, God will raise him from the dead. Amen. Even if. Why does God want us to worship? Well, because He loves our worship. He inhabits the praises of His people. He loves the experience of us worshiping Him because we are with Him in close communion at that point. I love it when my boys are with me and we're playing a game or, or um, you know, whatever. It is because we're spending time together. It's not enough just to be in the house together, but when we're together doing, man, I love that. When we're doing stuff. But God says, now I know that you truly fear God. And Abraham said, yeah, I guess I do. It revealed something to him. God re- Number four, God will reward your passion in a way that is greater than your sacrifice. Look at verse 13. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So again, the brakes are being put on. Yes, God. Look around, and they just passed by there. I didn't see that ram when we were on the way up here. But now his horns are caught in the thicket. They sacrificed rams. God had provided because Abraham was willing to pay the price for the presence of God. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham named the place Jehovah-Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, the people still use this name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. You see, in Hebrews 11, Abraham was expecting a resurrection from the dead. But instead, God intervened. There didn't need to be a resurrection from the dead. God intervened in that moment. Because Abraham was worshiping God. Lisa, if you'll come on up, we're going to close out here for a moment. And I just, I want us to take a few moments today, as we did last week. You're asking yourself, how will God provide? How will He provide? I don't know. When will He provide? I don't know. What way will he use? I don't know. It's okay to say I don't know. The question is: Have you been to the altar with your sacrifice? God, this is what you're requiring of me to lay at your altar. I haven't been willing to do it. I haven't been able. I haven't been willing to lay down my pride. I haven't been willing to release finances. I haven't been able, willing to release. Uh, control of whatever the situation is. And I just haven't been willing to do it. And God is saying, in an act of worship lay it on the altar and you will experience the presence of God like you've never experienced it before. You will go to a new level in your relationship with God. Why is that? Because you know at that point that you've passed the test and you really do have faith in God. Miss Debbie just told us a story about how this was pre-cancer. It could have very, you know, God got her there on time. And that was her testimony. Nobody can take that from her. Nobody. God came through. You will have to trust God. Will you kill that financial thing? Will you kill that relationship that's not what it should be will you kill this trust in other things will you lay it down for god See, here's the thing don't run from your test you have to pass it because his blessing is greater than your test and you may be up against a big test today but let me assure you god's blessing is bigger than your test. And God, He is wanting you to get closer and closer and closer to Him. I've heard this said before. I'll take just a few more minutes. I've heard this said before that with God, you never fail a test. You feel like a failure in your life? No, you never fail a test. You have an opportunity for a redo. You just have to take the test again until you pass it. Now I've taken some tests in my life. I'm 42. I've taken some tests, a whole bunch of times, because I, I I never I didn't pass it. I didn't pass it, and then one day God said, you know, He kind of knocks on McFly, you know, David. Okay, God, I see what you're talking about now. That makes sense. Lord, help me. I worship you, God, and I lay down this area of my life that has taken place. So what is that thing that God is asking you to lay down? Can we stand this morning? Dwayne and Malou are going to be up here to dismiss us in prayer. And I'm gonna, Lisa, if you'll just play for a few more minutes, even after we're dismissed. Um, I wanna invite you to move down to this altar if you need to and worship God and lay whatever that thing is on the altar. And if you need prayer from them, Let them lay hands on you and pray for you. Amen? Can we do that today? I don't want you to leave out of here. I know it's almost lunchtime. Do not leave this place with that thing that you need to sacrifice before God. Amen? Amen. Dwayne Malou, will you pray for us?